What did it take down the stretch to get this job done tonight? Uh, just staying, staying with it, bro. They were trying to do a lot of things. <laughs> they went in, but uh, no, it was just mainly just they were trying to um, kind of hide Reddick. So we're just trying to expose that a little bit. Dennis, you like Stevens free throws down the stretch, huh? Yeah, that was that was big time right there. I think everyone does. I think everyone liked them. <laughs> that was our pod pal, sideline reporter, and digital editor Nick Gallo interviewing Stephen Adams post game against the Pelicans and had a nice little guest appearance from Dennis Schroeder. And uh, we'll get into that and much, much more on this lovely off day that the team has. But we're still here at the practice facility recording this podcast. So let's dive right in. You're listening to the Thunder Basketball Universe. I'm Paris Lawson sitting across from Nick Gallo and next to producer Hendy. You heard off the top of the podcast the little segment from post game against the Pelicans where our pod pal Nick Gallo and sideline reporter got a little uh, pleasant interruption from Dennis Schroeder during his walk-off interview with uh, Steven Adams. And for those who didn't see it, Nick was interviewing Steven, had maybe one question in, and the whole time Dennis Schroeder was just imitating Steven's free throw behind the interview. Nick, what is that like? Is that distracting for you, or is that just like a fun thing that happens? How do you navigate that? It's it's slightly distracting, and you know, you're trying to keep the attention of the guy that you're actually interviewing while also keeping an eye on what's going on behind you. But that's like the beauty of live TV. And it's one of the best things that we can show our fans is the interaction between the players and how much these guys love each other and support each other. And so like, it's one of those welcome things that, yeah, anytime we can get extra guys to come over and be a part of our broadcast, like we absolutely want that. And you took great advantage because you got a question in. How did, how did you come up with that? How did that happen? Oh, well, like that is a total team effort and kind of like behind the curtains thing is I have a producer, Steve Melton, in my ear the whole time during that interview. And so I, you know, I asked Stephen the first question and Stephen's letting me know, hey, Dennis is, is right behind you ask him this question. And so he actually was able to feed me a line there to give to Dennis since I wasn't really able to see him. Uh, and then after that, I was able to kind of carry on the interview with what I was planning to ask Stephen to begin with. So really nice way for that all to work together. And the final product looks seamless when in the moment it's kind of chaos. Clearly another example of producers being the MVP <laughs> on all content. Okay. All so right. We get it. You're if, carrying this whole podcast. <laughs> if you guys had to pick a player to take your job for the day, who do you think would be the best at your job and why? I, I want to say... Initially, I think Shay, but I have to go with Darius. Just he was on our podcast. He did a great job. See him as really strong young talent in the broadcast. I think he'd ask good questions. I think so too. Very curious mind. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, and And just a well-rounded individual. For sure. Go back and listen to our uh, Scariest Baisley podcast to get a full full inside look on that one. (laughs) I'd say Chris because he's just so knowledgeable. He watches every single game. Basically, he's constantly watching basketball throughout the league, knows all the personnel. And I think that he's just so he's so bright. Um, I think Chris would do an amazing job being a broadcaster. I like how you guys are going with the opposite ends of the age spectrum <laughs> on the roster, too. So Nick going with the veteran, Paris going with the rook. Got to stay on brand, man. Exactly. <laughs> we'll see if those guys are up to the challenge later in the season. But in the meantime, we're going to be talking about some of the things that happened recently, and a few of those things are Steven Adams starting the game off super strong for the Thunder in these past couple games. 
the bench mob really holding things down, coming off the bench, averaging a whole lot of points. We'll get into that a little later. But let's start with the guy off the bench who's been garnering a lot of the attention, and that's Abdul Nader, who has been absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> it's the Tornader. Nader. <laughs> I don't know why that's not played more in arena when he's when he's shooting hot. Just, I think you just started something, Henry. Just Nader siren right off the bat. It's kind of like how we get the Fergalicious beat drop when <sighs> and anytime Terrence Ferguson knocks down yeah. a three. And I don't know if you guys noticed, I think it was podcast related, but the Danilo Gallinari song played after Danilo 3. Danilo Gallinari. Podcast effect in real time. <laughs> we did that. But so going back to Abdul Nader, he's coming off the bench, playing some extended minutes without Hamadou Diallo on the floor, and he's taken full advantage of it. We've heard Coach Donovan really talk about how he loves Abdul's work ethic. He sees him working in the gym all the time, and it's just really nice for him to see all of his hard work pay off in these past few games. Yeah, he's a player that comes to the gym after hours. He's there early. He's just being really effective and confident at the speed of the game. He comes into the game and he's just oozing with confidence on the offensive side of the floor, attacking and shooting, just getting ways to get the ball through the hoop with a guy off the bench. And we heard Chris Paul say it post-game that it's really good to see guys come off the bench with a lot of confidence because they should have that confidence. And especially for somebody like Nader, who has been in the gym working and who has you know, kind of worked his way up through this and taking advantage of his time to shine when he gets it. It can be really hard to catch up to the level of an NBA rotation player with the tempo, the pace of play after being on the bench for the vast majority of the season before that. But I think it speaks to Nader. This is the second consecutive year that he's done this. Last season, he played a game in Houston where he got a ton of minutes and really started to get those engines revved. And then December 28th at Phoenix, he went off for a career high in points and stayed in the rotation for the rest of the season, only missed three games out of the rotation after December 28th last season. So this little stretch here might be kind of reminiscent of that where he injects himself in there and it's really hard to take him off the floor. And it's just a really good example of like four players, you never know when your number's going to get called. And so it's just a matter of staying ready. And it's, it's like you said, it's tough not to get discouraged or like maybe fall off a little bit if your number's not getting called as often as you like. But when it is getting called, you, you see it from Nader just taking full advantage and showing off what he's been working on all this time. And he's knocked down threes. His shooting percentages have been fantastic. Uh, he's attacking the rim, as you said. But I think the the thing that Coach Donovan and Nader himself has continued to say to me to guard against you know, what's bound to come is he can't be wrapped up in the scoring aspect of what happens. That is going to come and go. And it's about whether or not he actually can perform the duties that the team needs him to throughout his 20 or so minutes that he's on the court. I asked him post game kind of what it was like for him to see his, you know, hard work all pay off. And he said, I got to take the highs with the lows so I can't get too high on all of these these points and scoring. That's a very mature mindset to take. And I think that is reminiscent of kind of what happened last year. Like you mentioned, the minutes are going to come and go. The points are going to come and go. But he has to give the same energy and the same effort, regardless of what the team needs at that point. Nerlens Noel at the start of the season said, Dooley's primed for a breakout. Just, like, just you guys wait. You're going to see it. And, you know, people had kind of forgotten about that over the last month or so since we hadn't seen too much of Dooley. But we brought it up to Nerlens the other day, and he was like, oh, y'all thought I was playing? You know, like, I I knew that, that the way that Abdul had taken care of his body, 
uh, his diet, the way he had worked in the offseason, Nerland said, like, this was bound to happen. And obviously everybody's really pleased that he was ready to step up and take that role. And you mentioned Nerland's The whole bench for the Thunder over these past few games has really just revved things up. Over the past four games, they're averaging over 46 points per game. And a lot of that is Abdul Nader, like we mentioned, but really Dennis Schroeder has just been monstrous off the bench. He's fourth in the league in points off the bench in this this season. Yeah, he's been electric, attacking the rim, understanding when to pick his spots for the most part. Had 25-7 and seven in the crucial game at home against New Orleans where the Thunder's bench scored 58 points. Uh, and now the Thunder has a, a top 10 bench unit in terms of scoring in the league. You see, it's not just scoring. We, we mentioned that it was over 46 points a game for over the past four games for this bench, but it, we saw it against the Pelicans. Deontay Burton coming in the game with big-time blocks. He might have only had one point, but major contributions from the bench in multiple areas in whatever area they're needed at that moment. Yeah, the thing with Burton that really stood out to me was his rebounding. Late in the Pelicans game at home, he snatched like a couple strong defensive rebounds to really help seal possessions. New Orleans is one of the better offensive rebounding teams in the league and just plays with such a high tempo and and pace that it's really hard to finish off defensive possessions. And so it's those little things that matter so much for that second group to make sure that they're bridging those times when the starters are in and out. And a lot of that is it's happening in the fourth quarter of games, the very, very end of games. So that just really goes to show that Coach Donovan trusts every member of his team to contribute, especially in clutch times when the game is on the line and he, they need people on the floor. One other thing that's happened with that second unit is Billy Donovan has kind of rearranged Steven Adams's minutes to play him in sh- some shorter stints, but multiple stints throughout both the first and the second halves. So we're actually seeing Steven come back in at the end of the first quarter and the beginning of the second quarter and then come out again for a middle part of the second. So basically Adams is being able to uh, help hold down that second group in terms of a defensive anchor, and he's such a threat now to pass the ball out of that high post that he's provided some veteran stability in that group as well. Nick, you mentioned Steven, so let's start talking about him a little bit because he's had some seriously great starts these past couple of games. In the, pa- in the last game against the Pelicans at New Orleans, he started off 6-for-6 six for, six for, the, for the game and really punched the Pelicans in the mouth and set the tone early. Last two games against the Pelicans, Stevens averaging eight points per first quarter. For the season, he's averaging almost four and a half points in first quarters. That's compared to almost just like 9.8 points per game that he's averaging. So nearly half of his points are coming in the first quarter. And you mentioned this in your article, and I thought it was very interesting that this is kind of the old school Steven Adams that we're starting to see in these past couple of games of where he's on the post, back to the basket, back and down defenders like Jackson Hayes and Jaleel Okafor. But in previous games, we've seen him at the high post facilitating the offense and dishing off dimes. And so now now that we're seeing him kind of in this more low post setting, maybe it was just against the Pelicans, we don't really know. But he obviously took really good advantage. What we do know is that the Pelicans coaching staff was completely twisted up into yeah. a pretzel trying to figure out what to do because in the first game in OKC, they started Jackson Hayes, who's a rookie, very slender and like high leaper, but not a post defender. Then in the second half of that game, they went to Okafor against Steven, and that kind of worked, but 
not well enough. And then to start the New Orleans game, the game in New Orleans, they started Okafor again and then completely abandoned that and just went small with Nicolo Melli and tried to stretch Steven out to the three-point line. So none of those things worked. <laughs> and they tried all. three different strategies. <laughs> I think it just speaks to Steven, right? I mean, he's obviously a force, and Coach Donovan used that word after the game. He's just a force to be reckoned with, and he's taken advantage against smaller defenders and regular-sized defenders like Jaleel Okafor. It's just a matter of him doing what he does best, and that's dominating the paint. I like how Steven makes Jaleel Okafor a regular-sized defender. <laughs> He'd be a big guy compared a to most large, large, large fella. Re- yeah. Right. Regular size. I don't know what sizes were Evenly using. matched. Well, we talked about Steven at the beginning of games, but his dunk at the end of the game against New Orleans at home mm-hmm. was incredible. Adams underneath. Oh, what a slam with the left hand. And I think it surprised almost everybody in the arena Absolutely. the way that he just yammed on Okafor to basically seal that game. Yammed on Okafor. Yeah. Nice Thanksgiving reference. <laughs> Yams <laughs> on Thanksgiving's the over. But so we're still at, eating. So after that moment, New Orleans calls timeout, and the Thunder comes back to the bench. Steven comes and sits down, and Chris comes over and makes Steven stand up and give him a handshake, and, St- and Chris just goes, thank you. That's what I've been looking for. So, Man. and then after the game, Chris, you know, was explaining, like, Stevens can be such a gentle giant sometimes that, you know, he just wants to make the right play for the team. He wants to make the pass. He wants to make the smart play, finish with a layup. And it was just nice to see him just dunk right in somebody's grill. Be aggressive and just take charge. And sometimes the smart play is Steven Adams just taking control and taking initiative in the paint. And we saw that there. And then he punctuated the game at home against the Pelicans. And then he punctuated it again away in New Orleans with really clutch free throws down the stretch. Do you guys see him celebrate on the court ever? I After that big dunk even, I was waiting for him, and people were just jumping into him and just bouncing off of him. <laughs> but I never saw him, like, crack a smile, like, really show any kind of emotion. He's all business. Do, have you guys seen any of that with your closer access? The only thing I've seen is when he's been like torched Ennis Cantor that he really loves to talk some trash in that matchup and you know they're such good friends right. that it's just only natural that Steven starts yapping a little bit when it's Ennis I was about to say the only time that I ever see Steven just get fired up after something is after practice when he's knocking down corner threes and it's always first try <laughs> and so when he makes it it's like first try even if it's the 10th the try <laughs> that's the only time I've seen Steven say anything after a good thing. Yeah, I'm just waiting for a big Steven reaction at some point. I don't know if we're going to get it. We'll see. Stay tuned. If you're looking for early Christmas presents, you can get Thunder tickets on okcthunder.com slash buy tickets. The Thunder has two upcoming home games this week, so you're going to want to get those tickets today. Be sure to go to okcthunder.com slash buy tickets today. Here at the Thunder, we like to keep the main thing the main thing, and Thanksgiving is over, so officially I'd like to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Nick, what are some of your uh, shopping strategies? We're recording this on on Cyber Monday, mind you, so Nick, let's hear it. Well, the temptation of Cyber Monday is obviously very great. Uh, I try, if possible, to shop local first if I can. 
go to some little like stores, good boutiques, that kind of thing. Hey, you know, there's there's all sorts of little places to go and find a little trinket or something like that. But during the course of an NBA season, when we're traveling a ton, that that one click purchase is <laughs> looking very, pretty good, very huh? difficult to resist. <laughs> Are you one of those to get your shopping done a lot in advance, or are you one of those to wait until, like, December 20th? No, I get it done pretty early. I try to be done by, like, December 10th to 15th at the latest. Wow. Yeah. That's so much better than me. If I don't do it in August when, like, I see something that somebody would like, it's not happening until, like, December 21st. See, I have a problem. Like, in August, I can't really, like, be thinking about Christmas yet. So I just have a list in my phone that's constantly updated of, like, if someone says something that they want, I'm just like, boom, it's in the list. Wow. And then I don't even think about it or look at it until, like, December 1st, and then I'm on it. Planning ahead is just really working out for you. Yeah. yeah. Got to be organized. That is great advice. It's I really good advice. I start that list. <laughs> Do you have one, Hindi? No, not at all. I basically get to December 1st and start panicking. When you when you make the list, just make sure you check it twice, okay? I've heard that that's, yeah, that's what the pros right. do. Right, I learned from the best. <laughs> the direct internship <laughs> yeah. in the North Pole. Correct. Hindi, are you a Cyber Monday-er or a Black Friday-er? No, I am a, I'm neither. I am a wait until, like, December 21st and just pray that two-day shipping gets it to me in time. Ah. And normally it does not. Or not normally, but every once in a while it does not. I'll get somebody's present like December 27th or something. Oh, and yeah, I just have to Do get them. Do you send like, them an envelope that says your package is in the mail? It's usually a text message like oh. your gift card will be arriving tomorrow or something. That's always fun when you get like a really nice envelope on, like on the Christmas tree. You open it up and you expect it to be like this really nice you know, gift card or something. And it's like... Your gift will be here on December 28th. <laughs> it's like, I like the promise of a few, It's like two gifts, though. You get to open something, and then you get something else later. I don't know. But I think that, I'd appreciate the text. That's really the double whammy to get a gift card for a gift and for it to be late. <laughs> that's really doubling down that is. On, on some Scrooge stuff I've, right I've there. I've got some work to do. I'm going to try to be better <laughs> this holiday season. You I got gotta, some good advice this year. What do you think the Thunder players would want? I, see, I've, I've, I'm under this suspicion. Like, if they did Secret Santa, if I got Danilo Gallinari, I'm thinking super stylish. You know, the concrete catwalk. We see him rocking different things every time. I think I would get him a turtleneck. That's wonderful. Cashmere? What are we? What, like, what are we talking here? I don't think he would accept anything other than cashmere. Probably. Yeah, Probably. you. I, I don't trust my own style to get him something he would actually wear. Paris, I think you're fashionable to pull it off. Oh, well, thank you. I try. I think the only way to get that right is to fly to Italy, go to Milan, buy something from an awesome store in Milan. I don't think anything less. No substitutes. No. Only that'd be That'd be one of the, the more difficult secret Santas that I would be a part of, but worth it. Same thing with Steven. Only the best for him. I would get him some hair ties from Target. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't want to shop local on those hair ties? <laughs> no, that's where he gets them from. <laughs> A local target. <laughs> My favorite. Who are some other players? Like, uh, let's see, Darius. Paris, you're talking about Darius yeah. doing your job. What would you get him? He, had, he was on the podcast. Yeah. He'd be in Nick's list. So he's actually, he's in school right now to be a marriage counselor. So I think I'd have to get him the Five Love Languages book. Nice. Oh, yeah. You know? Nice. Just yeah. to keep them up, keep them fresh and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 Very good. Our other podcast guest, Mike Mike Jaws. Mike Jaws. 
I would give him one free hour of recording time in our yes. podcast studio. Oh, yeah. Use all this That's equipment, That's valuable, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use our pro stuff. Think we get a shout-out on his next EP? I hope so, yeah. Producer Hindi dropping beats. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, we want it to be good. All right. Who do you have, Kindy? Who's on your list? I mean, I've, I've heard from our expert, Nick Gallo, that Chris Paul uses a weighted basketball to warm up. And so assuming he, you know, so if, I, if Chris is in my list, I'm making a note that he likes things that are heavy. So I'm going to get him a weighted blanket, help him, you know, get all nice and cozy, get that extra Z's. Can you explain a weighted blanket to me? I, I don't think I understand the significance. So it's basically like, you know, the feeling when you get into bed and you pull the blanket up. Have you ever had, like, multiple blankets at a time? Yeah. Where it just kind of, like, adds that extra pressure. It just kind of makes you feel more cozy and sleepy. Is that soothing? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like, like the sensation of, like, a really heavy blanket makes me feel a little suffocated. It's not really heavy. I mean, it's not like a iron blanket. It's, it's not <laughs> like that, like, what is it they put on you? The x-ray blanket. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought about. That's exactly what I thought about. Am I ever going to get up out of this chair? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like a slightly heavier blanket. It's got some warmth to it. It's just really cozy. I've heard really of heated blankets. During the, the frigid OKC winter. Yeah. Well, that went on a little longer than we expected to. It's going to be a great Christmas for the Thunder this year. But um, something that made us look this week is the NBA's new proposed schedule for the regular season, looking to implement a mid-season tournament and lower the amount of games during the regular season. Nick, can you explain this for us? Yeah, there's a, a few different proposals. They've been kind of vague and amorphous so far. I think it's sort of a trial balloon in some senses for the NBA to figure out what would be popular. What would fans want? What would players want? What would um, you know the Board of Governors want? What would the competition committee enjoy? So uh, some of the proposals include a play-in tournament where the uh, 10th, 9th, and 8th seeded teams in each conference would basically play in to get to the eighth seed and make the playoffs. Um, Another proposal is restructuring once they get to the final four teams in the NBA playoffs based off of win-loss record and um, reseeding there. And then the other proposal is an in-season tournament and really trying to figure out what the prizes would be, what could get teams to really commit to playing hard and playing in those in that in-season tournament and not just resting their main stars. Right. So this tournament is really a, a really good example of the forward-thinking NBA front office and Adam Silver right now, just trying to switch things up and give fans a new thing to look at during the regular season. And a lot of this started with soccer overseas in Europe with the mid-season tournament over there that just plays a huge role into how the regular season falls out for soccer. As you said, it's a continuation of things that the league has implemented over the last uh, number of years, including replay review, coaches challenge. You know, we're continuing to see a progression or tinkering based on however you feel about it. And we'll continue to see some new proposals come from the NBA and, and we'll see how they get adapted moving forward. None of these are set in stone yet. And, uh, but I think it's a, a great opportunity for the conversation to at least get going. Yeah. And it's a little early to formulate opinions, but 
fans, we'd love to hear what you think about this. So let's hear some of your opinions, and we'll, we'll take them into consideration for the next show. It's never too early to get opinions from fans. Says Hindi, who yeah, always sh- has Shoot us an email at mailbag at okcthunder.com, and uh, we'll take in some suggestions. Always feel free to tweet at us at okcthunder.com as well. We've come to that point in the podcast where we want to bless your timeline. Nick and I both have something that we want to bless your timeline with, so we'll let Nick go first. So down in New Orleans at the Thunder game, Drew Brees was there with his three sons, and uh, even after winning on Thanksgiving Day, Drew wanted to take his kids to come see the Thunder. He and Chris Paul are really good friends, and so after the game, Chris had Drew and his sons come down to the Thunder locker room. Chris took the jersey right off his back, signed it for the Breeze family, and signed a couple other things, too, for the kids and told them, hey, anytime Thunder's in town, even if your dad's on the road, like, come to the game, it's on me. So it was uh, really cool to see Chris and Drew, two uh, of the very best quarterbacks in the history of their separate professions, uh, share a nice handshake and, and hang out there post game. And I like how Dennis got a shot in on Instagram on the Thunder's account with a little at CP3, put a shirt on my guy. <laughs> just giving him, like, he took it off to give to the kids, like, Dennis. Give the him most a minute. Amazing gesture and just like shot it down. Yeah. My guy. All, you my can't guy. lose if you end a sentence with my guy. <laughs> all right, well, get prepared for double the blessing because here is my blessing for your timeline. And it happened at halftime during the New Orleans game. And it was a baby race during halftime. Like a bunch of, like, tod- not even toddlers, younger than toddlers racing across the court to see who got first place. And from what I saw in the video, nobody crossed the finish line for these babies because they kept doing, like, circles. I don't know. It was they fantastic. They kept getting distracted. It was like a true love story. It really kind of was. there was a baby clearly out in front, got a foot, I don't know, a baby foot away from the finish line and stopped. Turned around, went back halfway the other way. This baby's got his priorities straight. Found a, another racer, a little girl, and apparently became quite smitten. <laughs> yeah, there was a big her. hug, a little yeah. smoochy-smooch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I think the real one, winner in this race was us. We did win. And you won because you got double the blessing today for your timeline. And that is how we're going to wrap up our TBU today. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you to our producers. And until next time, thunder up and catch you later.